the project. Kuwait. Learn. If you ever thought about therapy, is therapy the right thing for you? When do you know you can go to therapy? Mehdi and I talked about some simple way I've discussed what therapy means. So we call it therapy 101, therapy for dummies. It's just the idea of like, you know, there's simple things that people ask that everyone would probably benefit from this. No, definitely. I mean, we break it down step by step on what to do Mm. and how the instructions on how to get to the office, Mm. find your therapist, build that level of trust and everything. That's right. And these are very important components that we do talk about that is necessary when you're looking for your therapist. And you could always DM Dr. Dink on Instagram. You and she, will, she will answer your therapy questions and you'll understand that part yeah. <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's right. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. See ya. All this and more in today's episode. Dr. D. Hey. So what did you say? Therapy 101? 101, yeah. Therapies for dummies. Therapies therapies for dummies. You know those books? Do they stop making those books? You remember, I was looking in my office the other day, I noticed that there were two of them. One, something for dummies and psychotherapy for dummies. And, you know, like all those books that they used to have. I got applications for dummies, like how to create a, like an app app. Yeah. So I I still used to have books all the time. Yeah. I guess because I have been a therapist for such a long time. So some of the questions I get asked, I'm just like, you know, to me, it's so common sense. But then if you look at it from someone else's perspective, if they've never been to us, like, I mean, there's so many people come to my office and then my first question is like, is this the first time you're with a therapist? And they're like, yes. So they come in and they're very nervous and they don't really what to expect. And then they go into my office and my office is very intimate and, you know, uh, cozy. And they're like, wow, this is really nice. Oh, this is you so comforting. You do have some nice pictures up on the wall. Like right? your, your office, it doesn't feel like I'm going into a shrink's office. Right. And when I went there, I was like, this isn't like a, it feels more like, I don't know. Like when I think of a shrink, yeah, I go back to the Sopranos. Oh, okay. When Tony used to go and sit on the couch yeah. and you just think of this dull, dark office. The cinematography that they did for The Sopranos was really good <laughs> during the psychology segments because it was like the books all over the place and, you know, yeah. just had yeah, that's that feel. Right. That's true. But I mean, the thing is, is that most of the time, at least for me and even for Dr. Nasreen. Yep. Is it good? Yeah, you're good. You you can't hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. But anyways, it's like, you know, what we tried to do is to change a little bit the offices you've been there. We wanted to change the, like they changed the living area or the waiting area. So because we want people to be comfortable even waiting. It's so interesting because by the time I get to the person after they've done their paperwork, they've been waiting and they look so anxious and they're worried. And, and when you pick them up, they're like, I don't know what, they don't know what to expect. And for me, it's like being in, you know, a therapist for a long time, like it's very normal. Like to me, it's like, no, it's very normal. You don't need to be nervous. But of course they're nervous. And most, a lot of them say the same thing to me. When I was driving to come to see you, I was thinking like, what am I going to tell her? Like, what can you tell someone? I don't know. This is what they say. Yeah. Right? And then you know, before you know it, it's a relationship, right? If you're feeling comfortable in my office, feeling comfortable with me, then you end up saying a lot of things. And lots of people say, wow, I talked so much. At the beginning, I thought I'd never have anything to say to you and I was going to leave like before meeting me. And once they sit there and then they're into that atmosphere, they start talking and talking and they're like, wow, I didn't realize I was going to talk for an hour. So people really need to understand that therapy, it's not, you know, what they're imagining. It's not like a Q&A or like interrogation. And, and if that's the way they feel, 
then they probably are not with the right therapist. That was my first question for you. Okay, so I know I have an issue, whether it's depression or anything. There's a million different reasons. Mm. And now it's like, okay, how do I find the right therapist? What should I look for? Because obviously each therapist specializes in different things. You know, right. it's kind of like trainer, for instance. Some will specialize in strength training. Some will specialize in fat loss and whatever. Right. So how can I pick the right therapist to suit my needs? I mean, especially in Quake, because it's kind of slim pickings, right? That's right? There's not a lot. There's not a lot of there aren't a lot of psychologists, right? That's right. There's a lot of psychiatrists. Well, there's not a lot of psychiatrists in private okay. practice, actually. There's maybe six of them. Because for a long time, we only had one psychiatrist here that was in private practice. Everyone else was in, in uh, public, in government, like the government hospital. And then just recently, we had an explosion of them. Because at one time, they weren't allowed to be in private practice. And then they became allowed. And so you've got like two women, I think, in private practice. And then there are like five or six that are men. So a psychiatrist also, they're slim. I mean, in comparison wow, so to... only eight in the Yeah, I think country? there's only eight in the entire... There are in private practice. Now you can go to government and there's a lot of them, obviously. But not all of the ones in government can be in private or that are in private. Now I have a question. So are... that's psychiatrist. Now psychologists... It depends. And it's very interesting because people still ask me, what is the difference between psychologist and psychiatrist? And like I said, psychiatrists are people that are prescribed medication. And so, and then psychologists are the ones that do talk therapy and, you know, that's uh, different types of therapy. So your question is, is that I have depression. How will I know it? The good thing about this era of 21, you know, century is that you can Google the person and at least Google them and see what information you have. I mean, the other couple of weeks ago, I had somebody that come to me and he came with a piece of paper that he had already Googled me and had all this information about me. He even knew some of the papers I published for the university. Oh, wow. And he came as like very well prepared. And the idea is that, you know, he has done all his homework. So if you do your homework, but even if you do your homework and I look very good on paper, you should expect that you're probably going to go and visit two or three of us. You should have a variety. I mean, you know, and come and see and whoever you have chemistry with. So it's not just about their experience. It's about comfort. Because remember, therapy, you're going to be sharing a lot of intimate information and you need to A, feel comfortable with the therapist. B, you have to be able to feel that there is some sort of a safety with this person. And it's a relationship. Like they have to like you. And you have to like them. So it's not just about like coming and they are knowledgeable. Like if they're not, if they're dry or their information is not clear. Here we have language barriers also, right? Are they yeah. speaking your language? Do they only psychologists, where do they get their degrees from? I'm just curious. I don't know. A lot of them, they, most all of them got a U.S. or they are in the U.K. But what if like the just, ones just I know, it's U.S. Are there any just Arab speaking Of course, they're in the government. They're so, probably Egyptian. So we're, oh, they got their from degrees Egypt, from Egypt? Yeah, okay. from Egypt, Jordan. Okay, I didn't know that we had specialization, like schools or universities that actually specialize in psychology. In the Middle East? In the Middle East, because I know you oh, were trying no. to do it for AUK. Right. And you got the minor. Now we've got that, in Kuwait we have the bachelor, but it's in Arabic, in Kuwait University. I mean, it's kind of Arabic English because all of our literature is in English. Yeah. Right, so that's what's so interesting is like, you know, some of the instructional they're doing it in Arabic, but the idea is that the books and everything we talk about in psychology is actually 
in English. Yeah. But so we have a bachelor, only in Kuwait University we have a bachelor. And then, uh, but we don't have a master's or a PhD here. So they have to go outside anyways. But now in Jordan, you can. PhD, master's, Egypt also, they've got those things. But now they're supposed to be, the instructions supposed to be in English, but a lot of them are much more fluent in Arabic, not English. I was going to say like, all right, like if you're discussing Freud, for yeah. instance, or if you're discussing well, you Medora, have to discuss Adler, in English. or any of them, you have to discuss, but if they do it in Arabic, doesn't some of it get lost in translation? It does, but there is a lot of terminology that have been translated into Arabic. So, you know, a lot of disorders, you they are okay. in Arabic. All right. So majority of people, if unless they've studied in the U.S., then they would have a good grasp of English, if that is. But I mean, that's another thing here. Like, for example, if you're bilingual, but you're more comfortable with Arabic than English, you probably want to find someone that speaks Arabic, right? Yeah. If you are having couple problem, you probably want to go with someone that's comfortable with couples. Now, what kills me here, if you're going to do couple therapy or family therapy, you should have experience in it or at least some sort of specialization in it. And then you go and most therapists that just, you know, no, 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 I do couple therapy. Of course, I see family therapy. And then, you know, if you've noticed that after two or three sessions that you are oh, at least three sessions that you feel like, no, you know, I'm not really getting anything out of it. Maybe the person is not the right person. You got a nervous twitch going on with the no, bracelet. No, I think this bracelet is, is that, bothering me. Is, is that like a nervous twitch, Dr. No, D? it's not a Talking twitch. Talking about therapy? Look at this. It's, a, it's Just like so everybody it's knows, I'm my... extremely observant. <laughs> Only when he wants to be. I'm showing you that I'm not too tired to podcast. Oh my, he is too tired to I'm podcast. I'm never too tired to podcast. Not for this topic. You can't be too tired. No, this is a great this topic. This is a very great topic. And I think it's very well needed because I, you know, people constantly. What about the fear? Because the there's, there's always that. I mean, you can find your psychologist, you can find the therapist and, you know, the, the, the office you're going to go to and everything. But then there's that fear that clicks in, especially in our society of, oh, I don't want anybody to see me. Wait, is there oh, something yeah. really wrong with me if I'm going to a psychologist? That's right. Or maybe I don't need this because, and to me, it's like if you're asking yourself those questions, then right. that's when you kind of really need a psychologist. You know, in this part of the world, it's true. I get that question all the time. And, you know, the other day someone uh, messaged me on Instagram saying, do I have to give you my full name? And I said, for me, I don't need to have a full name because we don't give prescription, but medication, they have to have your civil ID or your ID with your name and last name. Obviously, if they're dispensing medication, they have to know. But for me, they don't. Like, you know, the other day uh, I opened a file for a, a person and she used one name. And then later on, she said to me, look, this is not my real name. I'm just going to go with this name. I'll tell you my real name later. And I said to her, I don't care what you want to call yourself. To me, that's not the important. But sometimes, you know, if they've just named something themselves and then they are uh, not identified with that name, like, you know. And so if I call her uh, whatever... And it doesn't resonate with her as your name. <laughs> just doesn't But claim. then it did last longer. I mean, after I saw them, I saw her a couple of times. I already knew what her name is. But if she wants the file to be in that name, it's not a must for us that we have to have the real name. And it's not, we don't take any identification. I have so, a question for you though. Yeah. Just while we're on names. So people are afraid that's true. And so I get asked, we have uh, VI, not VIP rooms, but we have rooms that you can, awaiting rooms that are not outside. So... And most of the offices here are made that way, where they have different offices so you can just sit there and be in private if you don't want anyone to see you. And uh, a lot of times we go by appointments. So if your appointment, you know, 
you come and then the person leaves and then the other person comes. But sometimes, a lot of times you do. When you have three practitioners in the same office, obviously there are going to be people waiting outside. So I do, I say to them, yeah, I understand that you're afraid that you don't want anyone to say to see you, but you know, we try to keep you as confidential as we can. You can wait in this room. So a lot of times we have a different door. So they'll come in to see me and they can leave from that door to the elevator okay. if they're really worried. But it's true. I mean, there are people worried, but you know what? We need to start getting over that. We need to start making, I mean, do you get worried if you go into your general practitioner, if you go into your stomach doctor or the heart doctor? We don't say to him, look, do you have a separate room where I can wait? Yeah, but you go in there, if you're seen going in there, people know something's wrong with you. But in general, yeah, but just, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it's it's a normal emotion. It's a normal thing that's that right. everyone deals with. Everyone yes. everyone has a need to talk. You exactly. Know what I mean? like, and that's what I think, in my opinion, my personal and opinion. And people need to realize this is it. normal. Yeah. I mean, I still get these people that ask me like, some of these, uh, especially when I say it in Arabic to you, it's like, oh my God. Like the other day, this guy on TV, you know, the TV show, I so here I am, I'm doing these TV shows and I'm talking about a lot of awareness. And this guy is like, some of these, like these cases, bizarre cases, I don't know what he said. I don't even know how to translate it. But like he was saying to me, like some of these crazy cases that you see, what kind of crazy cases you see? That's what he said to me. And I just looked at him. I said, uh, I don't see crazy cases. Yeah. I said, I don't know what you're referring to. And he could see that I got upset. Because well, crazy is a bad word. Of course. Like and then in your, in like, your dictionary, crazy is a bad word. You don't but really I don't, use but it. But I don't see crazy people. Like, I'm like, I don't see crazy people. He's like, and then, I don't know. And then he started changing and watering it down more. Like, well, I'm, he's like, no, I meant like, Probably you know. Probably got afraid of the Dr. Dink Of effect. course, that, especially that look. And I'm like, what crazy? I mean, I was almost going to say, I don't see anybody crazy but you. But, you know, I was like, I hate when people say that because yeah. automatically, again, we've been working so hard to break the stigma about who goes to therapy and who shouldn't. And still you get this person who's part of this program that I'm bringing awareness on. And then says to me, well, you know, Dr. D, somebody's like... Uh, uh, crazy people you see, like he wanted me to give him some cases. And I was like, I don't have cases for you because I don't see any crazy people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so it's like when you make those kind of comments, if I, this, the therapist who gets annoyed at those comments, can you imagine if you're one of those people who is seeing a, sh a psychologist? You almost said shrink. shrink. I, use, I use shrink all the time. Though. I use shrink, but I don't know do if you, I use shrink. Do, do, I don't do, like shrink. Do you I think get, if even shrink has upset? a connotation. Do you guys still get upset with that? Shrink? Yeah, I think shrink is like, you know, shrink. I just like the word. I mean, I like the word, but to me, I feel like also it has a, it has some sort of connotation that you're seeing someone that needs to be shrinking. You know what's you know what's a good movie to watch for people who have a fear of a psychologist? You're probably gonna throw something at me. Analyze this. Oh jeez. Analyze this. Because it's a mob boss. Yeah. He's afraid of going to a psychologist. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, he finds a way to do it. And I love that movie. I'm going to watch that movie tomorrow. Analyze this. It's Analyze right. this. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's, a, it's an I old have, movie. I saw it in your class. 
Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. Yeah, that's an old movie. That's from it the is a 90s, very old or early two thousands. But that's a great movie for everybody out there. It's not the perfect depiction of a psychologist, but I okay, But it, I mean, it's the all, but also the relationship that was with. The oh, therapist. you're right. They do build up a really good relationship. Yeah, that's right. Trust built. That's right. Now, and that's exactly what it is. It's like, you know, most of the time I'll be asked the question, like, well, how can I tell these intimate things to someone I don't know? A good therapist, you won't have to feel that because automatically they guide you into. So like, you know, you'll come in and just the process. And the reason why I called it like therapy 101 is because even that process, it's, they don't understand. So like they come in from the door and there's papers that they have to sign and they have to wait and they're anxious. I understand, especially if they've never done it before. And then you call them in and then you come and sit and have them, please sit down. And then they're like, well, are you going to ask me questions? Because I don't really know how to start. Yes. Then I say, yes. I will ask you questions, but I don't have to ask too many questions. Like some leading questions that I'll ask, of course, depends on the experience of the person. And before you know it, they're saying a lot of things. But I also have a set of questions. So if, if worse comes to worse, I just need to go through these questions. And then I say to them, look, the first time I do take notes because it's, I have to get history. I have to get this. I have to get that. But then the other days, I don't take notes at all. And I work out of my memory. And actually, I don't take notes. I write some stuff on the file. So before the person comes back again, I just open it and I remember exactly the situation. And lots of people that come in, they say, wow, I can't, you know, I can't imagine how much you've remembered because I do. And I don't know what happens. I have bad memory, but when it comes to my clients and their story, I'm really good at it. So it must be some sort of, it's like you recognized it. It's, it's executive functioning. You got like a trigger that happens. Yeah. So it's really important. I. You know, when people want to come to, to therapy, it's like they need to understand that it's just, it's very simple. There's nothing to worry about. Now, how do I know if you're the right therapist for me? Now, that's, you know, it's a loaded question. You might not. I might not be the right therapist for you. When you come to see me, some people like me, some people don't. It is chemistry. If I really don't like my therapist and she's getting on my nerves, don't stay with her. Because if I don't like my therapist, then you're going to regret going or you know, you don't want to go, you make excuses, then that's not the purpose. The purpose of going to see your therapist so that way you can download, right? Yep. I mean, why suppress emotions? And, you know, when you don't have anyone to talk to, like two days ago, I saw this person. She always wants to be strong. She says that, you know, expressing emotions is makes her feel weak. Coming to a therapist makes her feel weak and that she is doesn't like being vulnerable. But believe me, a lot of people believe the same way. They think by coming to a therapist, I'm becoming weak. And it's not about weakness. They've had so many feelings that they've suppressed them. And because they suppressed them, they've had a lot of physical and psychological issues. Most of the common symptoms that people come to me is I can't sleep. I can't. I have bad uh, nightmares or dreams. I can't sleep. I have nightmares. You know, I have gained a lot of weight, right? My memory is very bad. I can't concentrate. So if you're saying all these things, then that means it's that because you've suppressed a lot of your emotions. And so I tell people, look, my room is like a confession room. It's confidential. <laughs> yeah. I only take notes the first time. You just come, dump and leave. And, and, you know, and then most times people report feeling actually 67 to 70% of people in general say when they go, they talk, they leave. That's part of, that's half of their treatment right there. It makes sense. It makes sense because you, A, you have someone to talk to, you can get it all out and you're not being judged. 
That's the best part. I think people are always in our society, especially with like social media and everything. And oh, that's I, right. I think here in Kuwait, especially is we're always like, oh, they're judging me. They think this. And in my opinion, I think when you reach a certain age, people just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, they don't true. give a crap. Like, like my like, age, I don't give a shit. But, but no, no, I'm, no, I'm talking. It's true. No, no, I'm talking like the people looking at us. Yeah, it's true. For instance, before when we were younger, we always think, oh, you know, they're paying so much attention to me. I got to dress well. I got to look yeah. good. I got to put my makeup on or I got to, you know, wear my hat this way or whatever. Yeah. Then you hit your 20s and it's like you know, your, your friendships, your circle of friends is reduced uh-huh. and you should be at that point of not giving a crap as much as you did when you were in your teens. Yeah. And then when you're in your thirties, it's kind of like fair game. No one cares about you. You know, everyone's already worried about their own problems at that age. And after that, it's kind of like, no one really cares it, it, in general. I don't think people care as much as we perceive them. That's very caring. True. You know what I mean? No, And it's true. And it's all in our head, right? These these fears and anxiety that we create are created in our head. So we complicate things ourselves. And so, you know, people are not going to care if you're coming to a therapist or not. And you don't have to go tell anyone. And most of the time, if you're going to a therapist, there's a possibility in a high percentage now where that person is also seeing a therapist. So it's like you got to be comfortable with it. You got to understand. But because I feel like a lot of times... It's the person themselves, they're not comfortable in coming to see me. But now, I mean, for the listeners, the the people that are listening to this right now, if you're listening to this and thinking in your head, oh, maybe I should see a psychologist, most likely you do need to see a psychologist, right? Right. Because and, and, then and they're questioning something. and they're, uh, they're questioning something. And if you're asking me, should I need a therapist or not? Or do I need to go to a psychologist? I think the idea is, is that maybe there is some stuff that's going on that you need to go. But also the other thing is, is that sometimes we don't have to wait. I mean, why is it that people have to wait until something bad is going, happening to them before they can come to see us, right? Sometimes you just need to have someone to talk to or someone that can organize some of your stressors, for example. The problem with this is that it's like you get somebody that's been stressed for so long and haven't like been able to talk about their problem for so long. By the time they come to the therapist, or to the psychologist, it's two or three years later. And it's not hard, but it takes longer to really resolve that issue. So I think people are waiting till a problem happens before I go see a psychologist. And to be honest, their problem shouldn't be. We're not problem solvers. We're here to be able to help someone with their stress, organizing their life, making decisions, you know, uh, making decisions about marriage, uh, working on skills. If you think about that, then, you know, you don't have to wait for a problem. Like we don't have to have a problem. Like in a medical model, a psychiatrist, for example, you would go to see them when you have a physical symptoms that is stopping you from pursuing a normal life because there are medical model, they're medical doctors, and they're going to be giving you medication to help you with the symptoms that is avoiding you from pursuing a, a, some sort of a normal life. Psychologists are different. We don't need, we don't operate on a medical model. We operate on an emotional, cognitive, you know, social, interpersonal. These are the things we work with. So I don't need someone to have a problem. Just having stress, even if it's a normal stress, then, you know, before it piles up. So for me, I like prevention. You know, I don't want things, I don't want people to come to me after they've had these problems for five years, they're clinically depressed. 
and they're already thinking of suicide and then they want to come and be cured in two sessions. It doesn't work that way. So we've got seeking out the psychologist, That's finding right. the right fit, getting over the fear of going or the fear of someone seeing you and knowing that there is privacy here in Kuwait. And you know, That's there's right. privacy online also because you do online clients too. And That's a lot right. of psychologists are doing online clients. Yeah, yeah I do up there. Right. And then you said the trust factor is built up. See a few different psychologists until you build up I mean, it's like trust. It's like when you go to a medical doctor, right? Sometimes, especially with some certain issues, you do... You go to a couple of them to see which one you're comfortable. Psychologist is the same way, you know. I know people are like going to say to me, well, I don't want to go pay money for this person, this person. The idea is that, yes, but you're investing in yourself. See, this is what people need to start understanding. Like I get people ask, telling me, well, I don't want to pay that much money for someone. They'll, they'll Instagram me to ask me their personal questions instead of coming to see me because they don't want to pay for the session. But then... Their priorities, you know, it would be to spend it on material things or, you know, going to a very expensive uh, vacation when they can go to a semi-unexpensive vacation and use that money for myself. So once you get to a point where you're prioritizing yourself, you can make a budget for, this is a budget for me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's, it's important. A, and, right. I, and I think people don't prioritize because they don't understand the benefit that they're going to get. Like when you buy a purse, there's a benefit that's going to make you happy for that one month because you get a new purse and everyone, it's visual. So when you're buying something, it's visual. People recognize that they're going to give you compliments. But most people don't see psychology or working on yourself. Trainers. I mean, use fitness as an example. Mm -hmm. Most people don't believe that fitness is an important part of their life. Just like you're saying the mental health aspect, Mm -hmm. there's also the physical aspect. That's true. You might not be fit, but if you don't get fit or if you don't get in good health, let's say, you know, just in good general health, you're going to face problems later on in life. And it's true. And and you'll see it like people that don't work out and they don't eat healthy, they're more at risk of becoming depressed. And uh, of course, they're more at risk of having a lot more physical uh, disorders, right? For example, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart issues. So it goes hand in hand, right? So once you start to exercise, eat right, automatically you would want to work on your mental health. And actually, a lot of research says that individuals that become depressed, but they're also, they work out and eat right, they tend to get better with their depression. Because they care about themselves a little bit more. Of course. And you they, start doing things to initiate better behaviors. And don't forget all the neuropinephrine and serotonin oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, they yeah. are getting while working out. Yep. So, you know, when someone comes to me and says, no, I already work out, I exercise, I know that that person is going to get better fast. And then when I get someone that's overweight, that have gained a lot of weight, they haven't eating right, and they're depressed, I know these individuals will need 10 sessions. So here's my question to wrap it up. Now, and I remember this from class, Mm. that you said you should stop seeing your psychologist after about six months, maybe a year and a half. But anything after that is you're becoming dependent on the psychologist, which is fostering a bad relationship. That's true. And especially if you have a dependent personality, for example. So if you've come to a psychologist and you would like me to help you become more independent, be able to make more better decisions, for example, and become, you know, live a a healthier, more goal-oriented. Most people that come to me, they also don't have any goals and they're lost and they want me to give them direction. So the idea is that you've come for a particular situation. And if I helped you, I've helped you with it, but you can't be able like, what I need to do is like a parent, right? We come, 
We give you the skills and then we let you go. You have to go and use these skills. So if you're with me for the six month or I mean, I have people that have been seeing me for like five years. Uh, some people I've even known for seven years, but they're not continuingly. They come with a particular issue. When they first came to see me, they had a, a bigger issue where I helped them. I always tell people I'm going to see you five to 10 sessions, five sessions so we can evaluate if this is working. Did you make any changes that, you know, am I helping you, guide you? Are you doing anything about your problem? And then after five sessions, we can continue. And so the reason why I say that is because, look, you know, you don't want to be dependent on me. I've come, I've helped you organize whatever it is that you want. I've helped you deal with your depression. I've given you tips. You Now you need to go and use it. And then come back to me if, you know, if another problem happens or if it's some of these skills are not working out for you. But you cannot be continuing to see a therapist for a long time on a con- because then you're not going to know if you can do it on your own. That's what people really need to know. I'm here to be able to help someone. So whenever you're going to a therapist, if you have a sexual addiction or pornography or substance abuse or or you're going through a divorce and you want this, you know, you want someone to support you. Or depression. I mean, or the depression. Most common one, most the most common, common one, depression yeah. and anxiety are the most common, yeah. right? Uh, fears or phobias. So the idea is, is that you go in there for a particular thing. And so once you get the skills, but you know me by now, Mahdi, it's like, I don't keep anyone coming to see me if they're not doing anything. Like if you come to me, I'm telling you five sessions. So five sessions, not just for you to test me. I'm also testing you. If I give you activities and you're not doing them, when I say to you, you have social phobia and I say to you, look, we need to identify one event that we're going to go to, right? And you don't. And, and continuingly, now the first time, second time, I'm like, okay. But when I give you certain things, tasks to do, and you're not doing it, then you're not ready for therapy. It makes That's sense. That's another thing is like some people come thinking they're ready for therapy and they're not. And how will you know is the therapist should be able to recognize that and say, look, you haven't done anything that we've talked about. Maybe you're not ready. So if you're not helping yourself, then how can the therapist help you? Right. And so people that come to me and think that I'm just going to give them a magic wand and everything will be better, then you're being unrealistic. So and they so They think the same way about fitness too. Everything. Like about weight loss and whatever. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose five kilos in a week. And when they only lose half a kilo, they're like That's disappointed. Right. But it's like, dude, how long, and my coach says this all the time, think of how long it took you yep. to get to that point of obesity or whatever it is. It's going to take you just as much time, probably less, more or less, um, if you follow the right steps that you guide them on so that they get out of their anxiety, they get out of their depression, probably take them less to get out of it. And actually, we, we, use, the same, we use the same statement. So, you know, I always get this because people, again, they would rather pay for a nice fancy purse. And then they'll negotiate price with me. This is what I don't understand, <laughs> right? Here you, you could see the person, they have all, you know, brands, wearing brands, their shoes is brand, their purse is brand. And here she's saying to me, Dr. D, is there any discount you can give me? Or do I need to come and see you every week? Can I come every other week? And I'm very specific. Look, when I first meet you, you have to come every week because I don't, I need those five sessions regularly. And then we go back, we go to two times a month and then one time a month and then that's it. This is the technique. But if you've had your problem for five years, by the time you got to me, because you went to the priest and you went to, I don't know where, and you went to all these people before you come to me, which is fine. But if you've decided to go all this and then you're asking me, how many sessions do I need? Can I be done in two sessions? Seriously? Like how? 
Yeah. If you've yeah. had your problem for five years, then we, it's the same thing as medication, right? Where, I mean, when you go and the psychiatrist says to you, you've had this. So they'll say, can I just take the medication for three months? And most psychiatrists will say, look, you've been having the situation for five years. You have to be able to realize that it's probably going to take you five years at least of medication. It can be a course of six, of three yeah. months or six months. So that's why I'm bringing awareness is because the earlier they can come for intervention, the faster they don't need to see me. Then they come early, let's work on it and then leave. But to contemplate and say, well, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I don't want people to know this. Then what you're doing a disservice to yourself because, you know, I mean, let's be honest, the way it's going, everyone will be depressed at one time in their life. It, out of five people, one person is depressed. Depression has become the flu of mental health. And it's amazing how people still act like, when I say depression, they act like I just told them they're crazy. I mean, I had a, I had a woman the other day, she's like, she has all the symptoms of depression. And of course, we, we give them a pretest, right? I said, it's severe. No, 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 I'm not depressed. I said, okay, let's take away the word depressed. Can I just say that you're sad and you've lost interest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one she can handle. But as soon as I say depressed, she starts to say, no, but I'm not that weak. We got we to realize everyone will be depressed at one time in their life. And so we got to get over it and we need to just like find solution to it. Therapy is for everyone, right? Type of therapy that depends on, on what- We're going to do a whole show on that. Type of therapy, that's of course, what, you that's, want. I, I want to do a whole show on the types of therapy. Yeah, but the most common is CBT. Yeah, most common, but I think all the, like the animal yeah, but that's therapy, most I never heard about animal therapy. Yeah, I guess if you're, That yeah. sounds weird, but. I, I mean, mean I, I mean, animal therapy would be to therapy for animals, of course. I'm sure we don't have one here. I'm sure we don't. But I mean, like, you know, most common is CBT because it's faster. And then you've got the psychoanalytic. CBT is cognitive, cognitive behavioral, behavioral yeah. therapy. Which is something we use for depression, anxiety. We use a lot of too, for any phobias, fears. But the most common, like, you know, if you're having a marriage problem, it's marriage therapy. I mean, it's like, you know, if you are having family problems, it's family issues. So you'll see most people will do that. Now there's this interpersonal where you're talking about social skills and relationships. And, yeah, I mean, you, if you those can are not, Google, you know. Yeah, anyone can, you can Google, Google different it. types of therapy to see what suits you best for your issue, and you'll you'll find. And a not whole everyone list. needs medication. Like people is like, well, does that mean I have I need medication? Oh uh, no, not every disorder needs medication. If you are severe, if there's psychosis, like you're hearing voices, seeing things, if you're already out of reality, bipolar, because you know you've got the this uh, extreme things, then yes, you need medication, but not everyone needs medication and not everyone needs to go to a psychiatrist. Go to psychologist first. They'll, They'll let you know if you need a, you need medication. That's right. So there you have it. So Broken you have down. it. Psych 101 by Dr. D. That's right. Psych 101. And if you have any questions, just DM her. <laughs> but, but don't be cheap enough to DM her your problems <laughs> right away. Yeah, they do. Please, can you tell me what to do about this? I'm like, I, I get all my problems. But plus, I can't give advice like that. It's unethical. Like people say, do you work with these issues? I say yes or no, but I'm taking this medication. Do you think I should stop? I can't give you that advice. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. I get all my therapy done for free on the yeah. show. So that's cool. <laughs> they should all be co-hosting with us. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, 
please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.